Another episode of the Shoot Your Shot podcast. I am your host, C. Diddy, aka Kyrie Kirving, aka Diddy Hendrix, aka Diddy Quarantino, aka. Whew, just, I'm tired, friend. I'm tired <laughs> as hell. Um, I'm I'm tired of a lot. Like I don't know how this episode's going to go, but it might just turn into a venting session of of a lot of shit. To be quite honest. Um, we And on the line, as always, during this global pandemic, is my co-host. <laughs> hey, y'all. It's your girl, Ali Nicole, a.k.a. that fine-ass, not-so-ball-headed badass, a.k.a. Inches Galore, a.k.a. Ali's Bundle Release Party, a.k.a. that little baby who's had a very interesting... Two weeks. So, friend, we took last week off because your girl, I, you know what? My bad, y'all. I'll hold this one. This is on me, okay? Send direct all hate mail in my direction, please, and thank you. Because I think I'd had it. I was at a place where I just, you know what? I needed a fucking break. I needed a break. And, you know, we had some technical difficulties and other things going on. But long story short, I needed a minute. And I'm not afraid to say when I need a minute, I take one because I'm no good to anybody if I'm not good to myself. And I recognize that very early, right? Um, just to get you caught up real quick. Um, so found out my ex-husband has a baby on the way. He has a daughter that's going to be due in September. Okay. Congratulations. Congrats, Congrats. right? Right. You know, clap it up. Listen, clap I, it up. I, I found we we I found out things about my past situations too in this past two weeks. We are both out yeah. here finding out. But shit. you know what? Right. That that wasn't it. They are now engaged, and he proposed to her the day after my birthday. Oh. The, excuse me. The day before. Day before my birthday. Oh. Okay. Right. Um, so the the greater hoe in me, not the hater hoe in me, is like shit, my nigga. Congratulations. That's real. That's dope shit. The other part about it is that me and him, he, I did not find out this information from him. I found out because I ran into my sister-in-law and she couldn't wait to like run her mouth and do the whole play catch up game. And then she added me on Facebook and I'm like, okay, cool. We've always been cool. So I didn't think anything of it. Right. Mm-hmm. Until I noticed that my sister-in-law is shouting out my ex-husband and his now fiance on their, you know, Engage- the fact that they're engagement. Ha- their engagement and the fact that they're having a baby girl. I'm like, I knew that she was pregnant. I found that out because his ex, oh, excuse me, the mother of his, the mother of his current child, his son, my stepson, she called me, you know, again, vomiting out of the mouth. And then. Again, I'm finding out more news from somebody who literally I just spoke to, again, through the grapevine. So it's like on one end, I'm happy for you. But on the other end, why is your good news not coming from you? Like, it it put me in a really, really weird space. Like, I don't know. 
Yeah, well, listen, you know, you know me. If there's one thing you can know about me, is that you know I hate messy assholes. This was just messy, like because we we've had off wax discussions about the messy assholes who report to you or me like we're the like the supervisor. Yeah, like it's like don't don't come with me. Don't come at me with screenshots about what someone I'm associated is doing. Like, like I'm supposed yeah. to ch- check in. Check it's, me? Like, no, you're not going to check me. This and, ain't that either. Yeah, and so it's a it's a lot. And I think during this quarantine, this time of sort of social distancing, because we'll talk about that later, where people are just stuck with their thoughts right they're stuck with their thoughts and they don't really necessarily have the their normal ways of kind of distracting themselves and so some people choose to be messy and just like go hunting for shit i'm not saying this is what happened in that case like obviously if you guys have a good uh, a relationship you know you that's your ex-husband i would expect that you, you're the avenue of telling me things that happen instead of like your auxiliary people and it's and that's it and i think for me it's one of those situations where because in his current life he's asked me to be there for him in certain ways and you know i went out of my way to make sure that i provided support so it felt like even if you you don't owe me shit but at the same time if we still continue to be there for each other to an extent a, a, a heads up is like hey you know just so you don't hear this from anybody else but me you know this is what's going on there's something called common courtesy, right? And so if we break down the word common courtesy, it's a courtesy, which means it's not necessarily has to be done, but it's common, meaning that like generally people do it. So it's like, right. you don't have to, but generally this is kind of the way things work. In um, good taste. And it's just like, you know what? I have to come to the realization that not that I haven't. Let me make this clear. It, it's not that I'm I'm still hung up on my ex-husband. Absolutely not. That relationship to me is dead and gone in the grave. We ain't got it. Like, I, I don't miss that. But at some point in time, actually, before we were ever in love, we were friends. Like, we were best friends. And to watch, like, the dynamic of our relationship now is just so odd to me. Like, it's odd. And those are certain things that even... The relationship part of me is disappointed, but like the friend in me wants you to be happy. And right, why would you right. not feel like I wouldn't be a part of that for you? You know what I'm saying? So it's just, it's, it's me in my own head. Like you don't owe me shit cause you don't, but a friend as a friend, but no, that's my I'm- life right now. <laughs> I was like, we could talk about whether or not you can ever truly be friends with someone that you've shared such a deep emotional connection with. We can talk about that. Right. But I think that's maybe a different topic for a different day. Um, Absolutely right. So, friend, uh, give me a second to get my my mic right, man. Give me a second to get my mic right. I'm sorry. I'm back. I just had to, you know, you have to adjust the levels. You have to kind of make sure that you're able to be heard in a way that makes sense. So Absolutely. How was your weekend? It was Mother's Day. Um, so 
right. So Mother's Day. See, Mother's Day for me is always, it's a little complicated, right? Because it's like, I have a mother, active mother, love her to death. Um, but I also always hate, like, social media on, like, Mother's and Father's Day is always really weird, right? Mm-hmm. You, you know, you got people who are, you know, working through their own relationships with their own parents and doing it publicly. And it's just, you know, that sort of thing. Weird. But, but it's obviously it was di- it was difficult this year because I couldn't actually spend time with her in person because of you know yeah. this whole pandemic situation. Um, so what I did was um, I got some flowers. I had them delivered to her house. Um, I'm you know this is I had them delivered on Friday to avoid the weekend delivery and special Mother's Day delivery charges because that was the right. charge between the charges and the shipping the damn near double the price of the flowers otherwise. Yeah, was like, it was nuts. I was like, you know what? I'm just going she'll be as happy if she gets it on Friday as if she gets it on Saturday. <laughs> she, that day will that day closer will not matter. Um, so we did that. I talked to her, you know, you know, she's a mother and a mother's first instinct is to love you. Her second instinct is to worry. And during this, um, entire pandemic, she's only seen me like twice and both times were were very quick because again, we we're both a little bit on the high risk scale as far as like, you know, we both have things that would make us, uh, immune compromised, um, so I'm like, I don't want to unknowingly get you sick. I couldn't, li- I couldn't live with myself if you got sick because you interacted with me. I couldn't do it, right? Um, yes. And I know I'm out here doing essential tasks. She's out here doing essential tasks, you know, going to the grocery store, you know, going to different things. So I just, you know, it, it, didn't, it didn't seem worth it to me. But, you know, yeah. she, but again, that causes her to worry because she hasn't seen her baby boy in, you know, months, right? So it's like, right, you know, so talking to her, trying to, you know, massage some of her fears and let her know I'm all right. And, and, you know, she's a church mom. So everybody's like, everybody's already asking about you and all this and that. And the third, and you're like, I'm here, I'm alive. Right. I don't know what, know what else you want. Tell them, mama, keep my head up. Yeah, like, I'm hanging <laughs> in there. So, um, but that was my weekend. Um, truth be told, friend, I am a lot of things right now. Not necessarily all of them are good. I am tired. I am frustrated. I am zoned out. I'm disappointed. And it's because yeah. just like we always talk it's a about lot. How, we always talk about how selfish we are as a society, right? We talk about how like capitalism doesn't work unless you're selfish. Because because it is a zero sum game. Like I have to take money out of someone else's pocket in order to put it into mine. And but generally, it's like when the chips are down, we kind we kind of come together for the sake of like humanity in quotation marks. Right. And the response, the response all across the board to the social distancing. Um, instructions that were put in place due to the pandemic, due to the fact we don't have enough testing. All of this. It's its disheartening. Right? And this is transitioning to our weekly COVID-19 update, aka y'all niggas wildin'. Um, and so, <laughs> so in Ohio, in Ohio is um, we were, we're going to release this on the 15th. So on the 15th in Ohio, 
that's kind of when they're starting this whole start of a reopening. Um, they're, they're allowing outdoor seating for bars and restaurants. Indoor seating is like a capacity, I think, of like 25% of what your normal capacity is. Yeah. Um, bar, um, hair salons, nail salons, barbershops, wax places, all of that's open um, on a Friday. Unfortunately Cannot for me. fucking wait. Unfortunately for me, my barber actually lives in, is, operates out of Kentucky, right? He over across the bridge over in Newport. And the Kentucky governor has told everybody shit ain't even starting to open for real until the 25th. So y'all got 10 days where y'all can go get y'all shit taken care of. And I'm still going to be out here looking like Teen Wolf. So oh, no. that, that's unfortunate. Um, and because it was like, I want to get it cut in a shop. Because if I'm just going to risk my life and limb to just go into the house like I was, do, you know, like I was doing before, what's the point of me waiting all this time? Right? Exactly. Um, but back and to you know, niggas don't cheat on their barber. Niggas Listen, will not cheat on their barber. Niggas will they cheat will on their do a girl. lot of things. Niggas will cheat on their girl before they cheat on their barber. You feel me? Like listen. niggas will cheat on 2K before they cheat on their barber, bro. Niggas are not cheating on their barber. If you find a nigga who cheats on his barber, or don't have a barber, just go to anybody who's open. Don't trust him. That nigga is. A don't fed. trust that nigga. That nigga is the feds. He, he's hops. He's whatever you want him to be. Cause that nigga's no good. Um. So, but back to my original point. I'm disappointed, right? Because we know that all of these social distancing things are put in place. We know a couple things. We know one that they're put in place because we literally have no idea about this virus. It feels like we know less and less about this virus every single day. This this motherfucker Corona, Corona keeps adding new skills to his LinkedIn daily. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how a respiratory illness also causes strokes, which is a nervous system illness. It, I want to know how they discovered it is sexually transmitted. Excuse me? But also... Well, see, that one didn't even trip me out as much because if you're close enough to have sex with somebody, you probably, was probably already going to get it if they had it because, like... Nigga, I was shook <laughs> as fuck. Oh, no. But, oh, here's no. The, but here's the thing. Because if you're close enough, if someone has it, that they can give it to you sexually. They can give it to you the other ways already. You feel me? Because, like, you're in close enough space... You can't socially you can't socially distance fuck somebody like you can't fuck somebody from six feet away. Shit. <laughs> Never you mind. Got, I was gonna go there and decided not to. Unless unless you got one of the Bluetooth vibrating apps, that's the only way to, to socially. I know distance. a couple niggas. Shit, I know a couple niggas that will get you together, but that, you know what? That's a different story. That's a different story, friend. From that's a different story, friend. I ain't gonna put nobody's name out there. All right, cause I, okay. I ain't gonna do that. Okay. I ain't okay. gonna do that. Cause sorry, listen, the, the the math ain't mathing on my end, but sure, sis, you got it. Whatever, Steph Curry, long range niggas, you fucking with. <laughs> you have fun with that. Um, anyway, he just might. Back over here in reality, <laughs> in the, in the realm. Um, so. The first thing is we're we're putting all of these social distancing places together because we have no idea about this virus and and because we don't know how to fight it because there's no vaccine we did, we kind of just got to do that right and the second thing we know about it is yes we know that it's not sustainable forever right we know it's not sustainable right. forever you can't tell niggas to sit their ass at home forever we know that 
But it's, yeah, dis- no. it's disappointing to see how many niggas just said fuck it already. And remember when um, Vanessa Hudgens, Shorty of High School Musical, like got mm-hmm. in trouble, got in trouble when she kind of said, like, I mean, yeah, like that's dangerous, but it's a virus. I mean, it's kind of inevitable. I mean, to people just gonna get it. And she got in trouble. Like that was a whole scandal on Twitter for like a whole day. Oh yeah, but that was rightfully so. Why the fuck would she open up her mouth and say some dumbass shit like that? And and then we turned around and made that shit U.S. policy. <laughs> <laughs> we heard, the, pre, the president heard that shit was like this nigga spitting and so it's like and so it's funny it's not funny but it's funny because it's like I can you can feel kind of the tide shift of everyone just kind of saying fuck it and it's it's, it's frustrating to me because yes I understand staying in, staying in the house this sucks like this new normal that we have absolutely is garbage I will be the first one to tell you that but is is the normalcy that you thought you had in February worth the life of you and your loved ones? Is like the question in my mind, right? Like, niggas, so right. So go ahead, back, go ahead. Because niggas is wild. Niggas is thirsty to go back to the club. Like, niggas. Honestly, what? what the fuck does social distancing look like in the club? Like a crazy whack ass party, bro. Like, what the fuck? Like, like I don't, have, I don't even want that. Like, like to be honest have, with you, because I keep getting asked about it. It was like, oh, well, if they're gonna open up the clubs again, like brunch will be open soon, and I'm like, bro, I'm not gonna hold y'all. If we were having this conversation in like June, July, I'd be less apprehensive. You know what I mean? We're having this conversation in May. Hell no, nah, I'm not ready to go back. Because it's the timing of it, right? So it's the timing. So it's like. We don't know shit about shit when it comes to this virus. We don't know. We don't know if you can get infected twice. We don't know if you get infected and you recover or you immune. We don't know like nothing about none of this shit, right? So, right because of that, it's super risky to kind of like do anything. And I don't want to. And. Clubs and bars, which I guess in Ohio, so so funny thing about Ohio is that um, one of my homies on Twitter hit me with this because when I asked, Ohio doesn't have a legal de- like a legal difference between a restaurant and a bar because oh wow because a lot of restaurants serve alcohol so they don't really have a, so in like their legal penal code and if I'm wrong if my homie's wrong. Come correct in the comments, but talk to me because this is what I was told. This is what I've been shared. They don't have a legal kind of difference. It's like as long as you serve food in that motherfucker and like a lot of the bars in our city, Columbus, Cleveland, all around the state. Yeah, they serve food. They serve food. So as long as you serve food, like you technically are a restaurant. That's how the people in Texas were able to have a drive through strip club because they were serving food out there, motherfucker. And they were saying there as a That's restaurant crazy. with titties. So, but it's also like, wild. Listen, it's but it's so wild to me because like all of this is extremely short-sighted and selfish to me. Like I get it. I get it. We want to go back to a livelihood pre-corona where you could go to brunch, get mimosa drunk, text somebody you're not supposed to be texting, hey, come rock my face and be okay. But right. That's that world that we live in no longer exists. Like, 
and will it won't exist for a while because unless I find it funny. Go ahead, because like I keep I, I keep getting flabbergasted. There's no such thing as normal, dog. That doesn't exist. I don't know what the new world is going to be like afterward. And honestly, like we talk about this every episode, but like it shouldn't go back to the way things were. There were certain things that I think needed to be readjusted and reevaluated. And it, I, I don't know what after Rona looks like. I'm ready to find out, though. The bitch is tired. Listen, I saw somebody post if this could just be like the series finale, the season finale of like Law and Order Corona 19. That'd be great. Please. Um, All right, bitch. Also, we get the point. Wrap it up. But like even something as simple like, like I don't know about you, but I've like reevaluated stuff I used to do and didn't think anything of it. And it was like, oh my God, that's mad gross. Man. Like, for example, the whole point of like me blowing out candles on a birthday cake. And then niggas eating the birthday cake after I just blew on said cake. Mad gross. That's disgusting. That, and then you, but, that is hella gross. And then you, but you, but it's like, you almost like, was I disgusting before this? Or did, like, cause like that shit, once you think about it, it don't make sense why we do it. But we've done it for years. Mm-hmm. Or like, like you know. The nastiest I, shit. Sorry. The take, nastiest take, shit take, that dawned on off. me. Taking shoes off everywhere, like we we made fun of we made fun of people doing on carpet. I do it on like hardwood now because I don't want to track no germs in the house. Wild, right? Wild. Or like it dawned on me that people, my coworkers, they complained about how dry their hands are, and I'm like, dog, I, my hands are always dry. Like my hands are typically always very very dry, unless I just got done like clearly put on lotion. But my hands is actually like. I have different hand cream. It needs to be a little thicker because my hands are dry because I'm constantly washing my hands. And hearing people just now complaining about how drying washing your hands is, is so fucking gross to me. Like, you didn't have this problem before, Rona. Like, there are certain issues that should have, excuse me, that should have been issues for you before Corona. Like, having dry hands because you constantly wash them is a pre-Corona issue you should have had. Like I'm I'm thinking about, like, it's quiet for, like, buffet style restaurants now like who who wants to go yeah, to I did like I didn't I eat buffet food like, I don't eat buffet food all like that like I have like, to personally know the kitchen staff before I've ever touched buffet food so I ate buffet food at the casino because I was getting out the back like before y'all it got served to the public I was getting my plate in the back and then like copa but that's because like Again, I know everybody in the back. I can walk into the kitchen and see what the fuck is going on. I never did buffets before that shit. You know what I'm saying? Just like, you know, just a lot of things. But it's like, it's, it's, it's showing our selfishness. Back to my point. It's showing our selfishness when we're just like, you know what? I'm tired of being forced to live a different life than what I'm used to. So I'm just going to like not do it anymore. And whatever happens, happens. But it's one thing if it's like, money's on the line but like nigga like livelihoods are on the line like you doing this can like actively kill other people it'd be one thing if Mm -hmm. it was like if you could just kill yourself i'd be like go for it fuck it it's your life risk it risk it all you know fuck it but the fact that you can like be an asymptomatic carrier go home and then your granny gets sick and die your mama gets sick and die someone who was minding their own business doing the the essential trips only sort of thing can just catch it and die it's, it's like 
fans, are you that selfish? Are you that are you that pressed to to like go back out that you're willing to risk everybody else's life around you to do it? Like like how are That's you what to, I find. How this is why I hate group projects. Fan, if, if, I hate and, group projects. And that's what it feels like. I be I'm walking around I'm in this bitch with a mask on in the grocery store, and every time I see somebody who either does not have a mask or is wearing the mask incorrectly where it's not covering her nose, I just want to slap them in the face. Because, motherfucker, you are out here raw-dogging the air, and you're wild right now. Raw-dogging the air. I know Woo, niggas who add don't... that one to the repertoire. I know niggas who don't wear condoms who are out here wearing masks right now. That's how that's how serious this shit is. Woo. Niggas don't even know what a condom is. Got two or three masks strapped up. Meanwhile, your ass is on me, on my bumper, with no mask on, and I want to punch you in the face because you're disrespectful. You mad You know what? The thing that can stay post Rona is people like not standing up uh, like strangers and that six feet two carts, bro. That's perfect. We should have been doing that shit. First of all, like, why do you need to be up under? Like, why do you need to be up underneath me? Why do you need to do that? Like, bro, give me fifty feet. The other part about it is the cleaning, the cleansing of public spaces. Did you see that the New York Transit shut down after one hundred and fifty years to clean it? It was the first That's time they wild. It was the first time they um they shut down overnight to clean it overnight, which yeah, I mean, wild. Just or like all the shit that we should be doing, it takes a pandemic to do. Like, why are we just now wiping down handles at, like hourly? Why are we just now putting you know what I'm saying guards up so people can't just spit in your face? Like, I don't know. But it's like I know for I know for me and mine, listen, only thing I'm risking my life for is a haircut just so I can know I can stop looking at myself in the mirror with disappointment. <laughs> um and that's it. Like I'm not pressed. Like, yeah, I would like to eat inside so I don't have to keep taking out the trash and using my own dishes, but I'm not pressed to do that when it's not safe. I'm not pressed to really Go out and kick I'm not, it. you know what? Consumerism is not what's pressing me. And I think that's the part that I'm getting offended by because it's not just the majority of complaints that I've heard. It hasn't just been, oh, I can't wait to get back to work. It's more or less like, I can't wait to go consume products. I can't wait to go, you know what I'm saying? And myself included, because I miss, like, I'm, I am very unkempt to my, excuse me, to my standards. I'm extremely unkempt right now. So, like, it's not because I don't want, like, I'm not a part of that. But I also recognize that I'm complaining about, like, very first world issues. You like, know what I mean? Like People are out here protesting, not for their right to work, but for their right to force other people to go back to work. People to, right. Like, it's, you and want haircuts. I, you, don't want, you don't want to go cut niggas' hair. You want somebody to get up out of their house to cut your hair. You want exactly. the gyms and stuff to open, not... Damn, you out here protesting gyms not being part of the first wave by squatting and doing push-ups, literally proving that you could work out without the gym. Like, what type of bullshit have y'all like? Goofy shit. It's your. It's literally a position of privilege that I have to recognize that. Like, Alex, I'm not, and a lot of it has to do with the fact that I've been at work every day. I think I had the first of the of the pandemic situation. I've had maybe the first two weeks off while they figured things out. 
And then my ass has been at work. So for me, it's like, I'm ready to go back because my life hasn't been changed so much. You know what I mean? Like, all it needs to me is, okay, I don't have until midnight to go to the grocery store. I got to be there before nine. And But because so much of my life has still kind of remained the same for the most part, it does for me. It's like, damn, I I would love to go get my nails done because I'm a little closer to, and just me speaking, I'm a little closer to normal than the average bear right now. So We talked about how it's kind of, this whole thing's kind of turned my life upside down, stop bags, all of this, like, so... I'm a little further away from normal. Like, yeah, I would ideally, I would like to not spend, you know, 15 hours of the day in my living room because that's where I work now. Ideally, like we, you know, but I'm not willing to risk my livelihood for that. And it's real. It it just shows the two Americas, right? Where while Mm -hmm. you got people out here protesting for their right to get haircuts and pedicures, you got people also out here protesting because the police during a pandemic can't somehow manage to stop killing black people. Um, you know, so which leads me to my next point. So over the course of two weeks, I want to make sure that we give our condolences out um, to the people that we have lost. Yeah, friend. Um, so Let's put this week in race. I want to give condolences out to Ahmaud Arbery, um, the, the black man, 26, I believe, who was um, gunned down by two people who are claiming to make a citizen's arrest in, um, in Georgia for jogging. I want to give my condolences out to Sean Reed, the, 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 the young black veteran who was killed while recording on Facebook Live in Indianapolis. And obviously mm-hmm. anything in Indianapolis touches a little closer to home for a lot of us. Um, I want to give my condolences to Little Richard, the architect of Rock and Roll. Um, for those who aren't familiar with Little Richard, the man... What you consider rock and roll now, Little Richard did it before anyone else. And the reason why he was so adamant, because Little Richard was adamant about getting his credit, adamant about getting, you know, the things that he deserves was because a lot of um, white record executives and white artists, you know, stole his masters, stole his publishing, stole his copyright, did covers of the songs he created if they couldn't steal it. So... He was he was really like not recognized for a while, and then Michael Jackson, of all people, um, got control of his publishing and then gave it back to Little Richard, so he can make money right. off of his own soundtrack and his own music, his own his own genre. So rest in peace to Little Richard. Um, condolences and rest in peace to Andre Harrell, um, founder of Uptown Records. Um, so for so if you're not familiar with Andre Harrell, he with, put it like this: without Andre Harrell. You would have no Diddy. You would have no Jodeci. You would have no Mary J. Blige. You would have no Soul for Real. You'd have no Heavy D. And 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 not yep. only would you have no none of those artists that we've named, but you would have none of the people who are influenced by the artists that we've named. All the people Diddy put on. All the people Jodeci influenced. All the people Mary J. Blige influenced. So like Andre Harrell, we talk about people who are for the culture a lot, right? We use that Andre Harrell was definitely that. He we, he was the epitome of that. He, he was the epitome of that. And last and certainly not least, condolences and rest in peace to Betty Wright, amazing singer, amazing voice, um, who passed t- too young. It's it's really wild that when someone passes at like sixty six in Black America, 
It's almost like they lived a full life because even though the life expectancy for non-black people is like in the closer to like 78. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you, you know what I'm saying? So, so I wanted to make sure because we were off last week. Um, I wanted to make sure that we do our part to make sure that we give condolences to the families of everyone we lost last week, famous and non-famous. And we we just try to make sure that their memories stay with us, um, even after our memories leave a new cycle. So that's what I have. I agree with you, friend. Um, again, rest in peace and condolences. I don't like to, you know, this makes me sound really callous, right? So I'm just going to preface this by saying this. But it it physically makes me sick, like crying and vomiting, like physical reaction out of me is to talk about police brutality when it comes to African-Americans and I mean, blacks and, and especially black men. I physically get sick. So if my disposition comes across as nonchalant, it's the opposite. I have to emotionally consuming that it literally hurts me to a point where it's almost debilitating. And this isn't the space to get into that right now. And I I don't know if I'm in the space to really get into it. And I hate to say that we know what it is because we do. But if I can take a moment to just tell black men, hold on one second, friend. If I can just tell black men, take this time to tell black men that I love you. I love y'all so much. And I give black men the hardest time because I inve- I'm critical of black men because I'm invested into you. So, yeah, I got a lot to say about the shit you do. But I love black men to my core. And seeing y'all hunted and attacked, seeing us hunted and attacked kills me. It kills me. So that's my piece on it. Rest in peace. And it's, it's, you would, you would hope, right, that like <laughs> the police brutality would take a break in a pandemic. Um, but, and it was like wearing and, 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 and hearing, I think this one thing that kind of ties back into COVID 19 is like hearing certain vernacular that we've been saying to each other forever kind of go mainstream like be safe be safe out here stay safe you know what i'm saying i've been telling we've been telling everybody that from the jump like all right bro be safe like as a as a way of goodbye just like that's yeah it wasn't even something that was taught to us it was in in, it was embedded in us like all right bro be safe bro like all right hit hit me when you get home hope you hope you good and now kind of hearing that when people are you know discussing the coronavirus, like, stay safe out here, you know, wish you well, all of that stuff, you know, that's jarring, because it takes a global pandemic for you to talk the same way we talk to our brothers and sisters on a daily basis. Every day. And I think, honestly, I understand part of why it seems like Black people may have a little bit of a laissez-faire attitude to the coronavirus, because our lives are at risk every day. It's a trauma response. And when you're used to trauma, when you're used to seeing it, when it's affected you, when you've been a part of it, when trauma is a part of your identity, whether you like it or not, certain things just become trauma responses. I don't like it's a global pandemic and I'm not going to be irresponsible sitting here to tell you I do not care. Right. That's not that's literally the furthest thing that I'm saying. 
But in my head, I got further, sh- bigger shit on my plate. And like, on it's, top it's, of it's a luxury to, to be able to worry. Safe. It's a luxury to only be able to worry about the coronavirus and how it affects you. Like we we've seen the stats of black people being disproportionately impacted by not only the coronavirus itself because of systemic racism and and health inequality. You know what's also, crazy? We're also being arrested more for breaking social distancing orders than any of our race. And it's like, we're getting it on all sides. And it's like, and that And that's the part that pisses me off the most about it because we don't catch a break. The one thing, when I see all these commercials talking about we're all in this together, it literally pisses me off because we're not. We're not. Your experience in this virus and my experience in this virus are going to be extremely different simply because I'm a black woman. I'm, and... Heaven forbid, if I catch corona, right? Heaven mm-hmm. forbid, knock on wood. Knock on wood. I catch corona. The way I'm going to be handled is going to be completely different. The way I'm treated is going to be different. My treatment is going to be starkly different because of my economic status and the fact that medical racism exists. Now more than ever, because there is a medical shortage of what's going to be used to treat me, there's a shortage of that. So if I get access to it at all, so the circumstances, like, if I constantly think about all the ways that this current, like, the society that we live in affects me, I, would con- I wouldn't get out of bed. I saw, I saw a tweet, and it really hit home. It's like, man, they, they, kill, they kill our men. They, they, they don't listen to our women in hospitals. They, they weaponize our children. And it's like, what? It's like, what do you want from me, right? Like, what, like, what do you want? Like you, you, you gun down our men and women for doing normal shit every day. Like the list of things you can't do while black is like a, is a mile long. And then you don't listen to us when we actually do go to the hospital because we're two, we're 248% more likely to die from childbirth. It's very, it's proven that you guys think we have a higher pain tolerance because we're black so that you don't give us as much pain medicine as you give everyone else. You don't listen to us unless we're damn near a medical doctor ourselves when we when we tell you what's going on. And it's, and, and, and it's, and it's affected us through all of the social economic factors. Like Serena Williams almost died from a blood clot because you didn't listen to her when she told Serena you. Williams <laughs> and almost you, died. And Serena, and, Williams, and Serena Williams is like one of the top 15 most famous people in the world. She almost died because you didn't listen to her in labor. And let alone the people who didn't have the access like Serena has the access. And it's, it's, right. it's tough. And then we talk about how, how our kids aren't being able to grow up. And if they do grow up, we're not able to grow up in a, in a way that's healthy because we're taught to survive. We're not taught to live. Like, we tell, we, we have the get home safe, watch out for police talk as soon as you owe us to fit a description. Like, look, you uh, you 11 years old but you cuz you cuz you're growing a little faster right, cuz you're black we're going to talk to you like you a grown ass man so let me prepare you for when it happens not if in case cuz we know it's not in case shit happens it's, this is going to happen we just don't know when it's you know tiring. that's it's triggering tiring. It's, it's tiring and it's triggering it is so triggering i had the audacity to give birth to a black child a black son child the audacity and sometimes I think I look at God and I'm just like, I have no idea what you want from me. 
when it comes to this. I have no I have no clue what the lesson is in this. I haven't gotten that far yet. But I I because I'm I I'm scared for my child in a way that I have I can't say Braylon I'm scared for you or kiddo I'm scared for you. That wouldn't compute. And also it would do him no favors. I know what's up. You know what I mean? There it it it's it's sobering to think about the fact that when kiddo will be 11 this year and the fact that the the way the and he's big and tall for his age and he does not look 11 years old not by a long shot and trying to preserve his innocence and give him a childhood but also make sure that he's not naive and i'm coming to the realization that those two can't coexist for much longer honestly because it's like part of you wants to like let let him learn for itself because that's the only way that it will really learn like you know, it's kind of like you know, your mom, your dad, your 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 father figures, your maternal figures can tell you everything. They can give you the game, but like oftentimes you still need to like experience it for yourself in order to get it. But it's also like with the game that we're playing, he may only have to experience it once for it to end really badly. Like he doesn't get a do over. He doesn't get a trial run. He doesn't get like a mulligan, and it's frustrating, right? Because, like, he ain't do shit to deserve that, but besides be born a certain way. You know what I mean? It's, it's similar to, like, how, you know, the LGBTQ community, like, they ain't, like, they ain't asked to be gay. It just it happened. You know what I'm saying? Like, they ain't, they, ain't, they ain't sign up for that shit. They ain't like, you know what? I think I'm going to be gay and just deal with all that shit. Black people ain't signed up to be black. It just, it is what it is. Being a being a black person is like being in a secret club that's constantly under attack. Like it's lit as fuck, but it's also very dangerous. We're all like CIA operatives. <laughs> like it's lit. Like there's shit that you only understand right. when you in the club. We we a secret society. All we ask for is trust. But it's also you may die just because. Take the good with the just bad. Just because. I guess. <laughs> it's it's wild. I don't know, friend. I, I I I didn't want to spend so much time on it. I just wanted to make sure that we expressed ourselves and made sure that you know we were heard on the topic. Um, did which you is think- why, which is why, I'm sorry. Which is why Jill Scott and Erica Badu came at the perfect time for us. Sure did. Look at me with the segue. It's out here, gang shit. Um, so <laughs> Jill and Erica um did their versus battle Saturday. And we knew what time it was when Jill Scott during her little pre-shit was just playing mad Nikki Giovanni and like had Sage yes. and a ring light. Like, and, and then, you know, they ain't show up on time because they both have a spirit of Lauren Hill. <laughs> and Lauren Hill and Erica mm-hmm. Badu will need to get their chakras aligned and Saturn needs to be in the seventh house at a certain time for them to do what they need to do. Like, um, so when they finally got on, it was... It was. It wasn't even a battle because the other versus compilations and they had some sort of competitive nature mm-hmm. to them. Even, even the best ones, even the T Pain versus Lil Jon and the Neo versus John to Austin, was some sort of competitiveness to us. Like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do you one better. This right. wasn't bad. This was pretty much like an IG live session. <laughs> 
you know, yeah. a vibe session, kind of like a healing. It was almost, it was almost like a healing sort of thing. Because there was, there was no shit talking. There, it, was just, it was love. To, to, to even the point when Erica's connection cut out at the end, Jill Scott played You Better Call Tyrone for her to kind of just, because she knew lit. that. And so it was so necessary. It was so needed because it was, I mean, that week we had just, we had gone through a lot, right? <laughs> like, it was, like right. The, the, the entire psyche of us was just fucked up. And they had like 780 on the live at, at its peak. I mean, Jill Scott had like 400 on our own before the shit started. And it wasn't, it wasn't a battle. Like, no one kept score. Like, I remember even mentioning the score, and it was like, everybody was like, shut the fuck up. We're just enjoying this. Like, we're not, ain't no scores. We're all winners. Jill Scott was looking like a freshly made pack of biscuits. Yo, Jill Scott's <laughs> skin, can we get into her skin? Jill yes. Scott's skin is so, yo, first of all, I've always loved Jill Scott. And I grew up on her music. I grew up with both of them. I think we all did. It's crazy how we all had the same childhood. Like, all of us did. We all had but, that one cup you couldn't drink out of. Absolutely. <laughs> the same covers. Listen. Like, we all had, like, I grew up with them. So, I, I just, oh, goodness gracious. I didn't stay in the live for long. I was actually kind of busy at the moment. But from what I did saw, what I did see, I loved. Like, it was a straight up vibe. It was perfect. One thing I will say is a couple things because I, you know, I got thoughts on a lot of shit. I hate when we erase other people's accomplishments to make our point. And again, no shade to the queens, no shade to Jill and Erica. I will not. You will. Not. This is a Jill Scott stand account. Um, she probably has nine boy. She probably has nine boyfriends, and I will be number ten. And beloved, just gonna have to understand and accept that. Um, but I heard, I saw people like this is how a live should be done. This is how a versus should be done. No one has done a versus. It, it took black women to. I'm like, again, I feel you. What you kind of? I feel you. Like you caught up in a rush right now. I get it. But like, did we not see? Dio and Dr. Austin, like, hold this shit down. Like, do we not see T-Pain and Little John, like, hold this shit down? Like, we, we don't have to erase other people's accomplishments to big up someone else. I hate when we do that. I hate when we do that. I also hate when we right. try to drag people in who don't belong in the conversation. Right. I, I, need, I need people anytime a full-figured woman not even black. Anytime a full-figured woman gets any sort of praise, I need people to stop trying to bring up Lizzo. I I, I can't. I, I need people to stop. When we were praising Jill Scott for looking as glorious as she did, I saw mad people was like, "I see y'all praising Jill Scott, but y'all not giving y'all never gave Lizzo this type of love." When Adele lost her weight, and we'll talk about all the projection that people did about Adele choosing to lose the weight a different time. People, again, shoehorning Lizzo into the conversation. Hey, Lizzo doesn't belong in every conversation about big women. She, Lizzo is not the BBW spokesperson for the world. That's not fair to Lizzo. B, 
y'all are not going to bully me into liking Lizzo. I don't like Lizzo, not because she's a full-figure woman. I personally don't like Lizzo because she's a bird. <laughs> and, you, <laughs> and you are allowed to be a bird and to be a full-figure woman. And I'm allowed to call you a bird without necessarily being fatphobic because you happen to be a BBW. I just need to get that off my chest because people's like, first of all, niggas just started liking thick women two years ago, for real, for real, if we want to keep it 100. Because Jill Scott, when she first came out, wasn't getting that sort of love. We can talk, we, we have the receipts. Like, so, embrace, this body positivity embracing full figure women thing is relatively new in general. Right. Se- secondly, and more importantly, Jill Scott and Lizzo aren't the same woman at all. At, at all. all. Like, you know what it is for me? It's one of those things where I feel like we, why, was we, why must we pit two bad bitches against each other? And I think that not everything needs to be this big-ass comparison. Like, not everything needs to be that. Jill Scott is our Jill Scott. And there is more, there is room at the table for more than one big girl. Like, we can have them all, and there's a lane. And these two women have two totally different lanes, and they're doing well in their lanes. We don't always have to do that. Like, say what you want about Lizzo, but honestly, and this is the part, minus, minus her, her NBA stunt with her ass out, Lizzo's name gets thrown into a lot of conversations when Lizzo is simply minding her fucking business. And then it comes the unnecessary slander about her weight. And it's like, Dog, she literally sometimes it's like she doesn't deserve this shit. I, I'm starting to think that people just don't like like you don't like her, and it's okay to say I don't like Lizzo without it making it be about her weight. Like that woman me. can shake her ass and live her life. Like me, I don't mention her weight when I say I don't like her. I don't like her because she's a bird to me. She looks Lizzo, Jamel Hill, and Jason Derulo are all in the same family of corny to me. And I'm okay with that being my to me. I'm okay with that being my ledge I stand on. To me, they're all corny as shit. And I don't really understand when Jamel Hill got so corny. We was all riding for Jamel when she said We literally oh. were riding for we Jamel. She, Hill. When, I don't when, know. When how. she told ESPN, fuck you, we was like, all right, sis, bet. What you got next? We'll support you. And then she starts tweeting like a Russian bot. She tweets like, she knows the phrases of black culture, but she doesn't know the meanings of it. And she so just kind of, like, throws shit on the wall and see what sticks. And it's annoying to me. Like, for example, about this Insecure episode, where she talked about the Molly Issa blow up. And she was like, imagine if you asked your mama no, and you, she t- and you asked your mama and she told you no, and you asked your granny and she told you yes. What happened? I'm like, first and foremost, Molly is not Issa's mom. That's... That's the first foremost. Molly don't run shit. And Molly, second of all, that comparison had nothing to do with shit. Not a goddamn motherfucker. And that's what that's what annoys me about Jamel Hill. That in her microwave that she refuses to let go. I need her to do better. <laughs> and then Jason Derulo's corny ass. I, you know what? I don't even want to talk about him because he literally makes me cringe. And he's one of those guys that was quintessentially cute as fuck, but he's corny. And there's nothing he can do except just sit there and accept the fact that he's a fucking cornball. He's a pretty ass cornball. He is great to look at. There's no substance there. He reminds me of like the student. 
like the black kid who was like the coolest kid in his like white high school and then transferred yes. to, and then transferred to the hood ass high school and got and got stuffed in the locker. Like because you know like, what? You can tell that like that shit works with a certain demographic, but it don't fly over here. And it's just if, like, you know what Jason Derulo is like the equivalent like the human form of trying to make fetch happen. Like, just keep trying Damn, to make this, this, this nigga, this nigga had on a bedazzled, airbrush, distressed, cut-off hoodie with Bugs Bunny on it. I'm really upset that they gave you niggas clip art because that's exactly what the fuck it looks like. Like this nigga, this nigga still dressed like he, like he, he dresses like a nigga from who went to Journeys or like Forever Twenty One in a mall, like. You know what? He he look you know, he dresses like the general manager for Route 21. Like, he just fucking looks terrible. He, he, like he Ooh. he act, he acts like the black fur and racist people has. <laughs> Jordan Sparks did what the fuck she had to do by leaving that nigga. Ooh. And you know and you know it's why when Jordan Sparks is like the black one in your relationship. But that's a different story. Um <laughs> Insecure. Next, it's insecure, insecure. Okay, so can we all just agree that Molly ain't shit? Can hey, we just man, all agree? I'm so glad we didn't have an episode last week because I saw all you niggas bend over backwards to try to defend Molly for her to turn full clown this week and prove all you niggas wrong. First and foremost, side note: before we get to this week's episode, last week's episode, the main thing that was annoying me. Was when Issa tried to back into the spot and Molly tried to. It was Issa's parking spot. Yo, you. It was Issa's fucking parking spot. What type of nigga goes head first into the parking spot? A sociopath? Like, and then what made it worse was not only did you try to go head first and snake the shit, then when Issa finally, like, tucked her balls in, was like, fuck it, and, you know, found another spot, then you went. And did the same shit Issa was trying to do, which was back into the spot, which means you know it wasn't yours. You dirt, low down, dirty motherfucker. What irritated then, me more or less about that was that when Issa walked up to her, she asked her if she found another spot. I, Bitch! <laughs> See, the petty in me would have leaked. It would have leaked. I would have punched her in the head. <laughs> I told you. Like, so this hell week's episode, no. So this week's episode... You know what I'm saying? We got the block party. So this is a block party episode. Um, Nathan, mm-hmm. Nathan the ghost comes back, tries to, you know, rekindle things with Issa. Issa's down bad because her headliner, Schoolboy Q, pulled out. And Molly refu- didn't want to ask Andrew for help. So Issa did what other real niggas do. Fuck it. I'm going to ask somebody else that I know. Mind you, you met Andrew through me, bitch. <laughs> the nerve of you. So, so, so Nathan. Asked, you ain't like, wrong. Nathan asked, "How can I help?" Issa was like, "Look, I need, I need you to talk to Andrew for me. Like, I need, I need, you know, what I'm saying, I need, I need his help." He does that. You know, she plans a black party. Um, Condola, which is the only time I'm going to say her name correctly in this entire episode. So, Condoleezza pulls up after also ghosting Issa. Pulls up to the black party to kind of check how things are and then let Issa know that her and Lawrence broke up. Couple things. My first question was, what the fuck does that have to do with me, bitch? I would have cut, you know what? Issa better than me. She held her peace. 
because I would have cussed her dumb ass the fuck out. What the fuck does that have to do with me? We had a business arrangement and you went into this business arrangement knowing that that was my fucking ex and we agreed to keep it professional. So you breaking up with that nigga, quite frankly, is has nothing to do with me because we made it that way. And then secondly, and more importantly, you just told Lawrence in the last episode that y'all weren't that serious. So how the fuck do you break up over something that wasn't that serious? And not only do you break up with something that wasn't that serious, you then ghost the ex that literally, again, ain't had shit to do with what y'all had going on. Actually, Thank you. to the to the betterment, signed off on him. It was like, look, do you, boo? If you happy, I'm happy. I think I think Condoleezza wanted the trouble, and I think that's what her, her goal was. Her pilgrim oh my God. dressing ass wanted a trouble. She wanted to she wanted a three way. Like a like a skyline, like a skyline meal. You know what? We need to get you out the house, friend, because that's definitely not the vibe that I got from Condola. I think Condola felt like what we're all thinking. Lawrence misses Issa. And I don't know if he misses the relationship with Issa or the aspects or the inside jokes or the comfort, but you can tell that they miss each other. And Condola's just trying to figure out where the fuck do I fit with that on top of the fact that I work with the woman. But the other part about it, the greater part about it is, bro, Issa... And this entire thing between Lawrence and Condola was mature as shit. And she is showing that like, dog, I'm, this is my vision. This is my goal. And she stuck to it. And for that, I am proud of my girl. Like she didn't allow none of that shit to come between her and her goal. You know how trash uh, condolences and Molly have to be for me to realize Issa's the least trash one out of the three? You know how Do you know how, you know what's disappointing, friend? Is that, but you know what? Okay, so you know me. I binge watched the previous seasons before the new season, right? Mm Because a nerd. But Molly been trash as fuck, bro. When you go back and you rewatch it from season one up to up until where you are, you can see the deterioration of the relationship. And I think because Issa was so fucked up, we gave Molly a pass because she was lesser of the two evils. But honestly, Molly's been selfish, been self-absorbed. And be, and the crazy thing is that Molly thinks that success is a personality trait. So now that her and Issa are eye to eye, she doesn't know how to act. And you can see it. I will say this. Don't choose to air your grievances at my job. That's a quick way for you to get cussed the fuck out. Because... And I guess it shows that a Molly doesn't really consider Miss Issa's job for real, right? She don't. She didn't consider it because I know for a fact. We all know for a fact. Issa tried to pull up at Molly's job during her lunch break or during a thirty-minute recess that she has between you know court briefings to kind of lay shit on the table. Shorty gonna be tripping. So first thing, second thing, what Andrew said was real critical when when Molly kind of addressed. Andrew, when Andrew revealed, like, yeah, I helped out. It was a good look for me and Issa. Like, win-win situation. What's your problem? It was right. like, why, why are your issues? Why didn't you tell me? She was like, I didn't. He was like, I didn't feel like you would have an issue me helping your best friend. And right. then you said, but we beefing. So, so, am I not your best friend just because we have an argument? Like, you was right. trying to, you was trying to get out of going to the shit in the first place. So, like. And then you were surprised that it actually went well. So, cause you, so you've been a hater hoe and not a greater hoe for a while. But you know what? At the same time, right? 
Like we listen, I've been the first person to say that, bro. Issa's a loser, bro. She is. She had a major, major win, and she deserves to be celebrated. But Issa's identity has been surrounded since we met Issa, Issa D. Her entire identity since this first season of Insecure has been surrounded by loss and very awkward moments that had she acted like a fucking adult, she wouldn't be in those goddamn positions to begin with. So we meet Issa as a fucking loser. So, and also Issa being the kind of friend that in order for her to be propelled and move forward, she requires a massive amount of emotional support and that shit gets exhausting. So we meet Issa finding, trying to find herself, going from breaking up with Lawrence to losing her job, to figuring shit out from couch surfing. So all of those different things. And it's like, we're, we're meeting a different Issa. We're meeting an Issa who's got her shit together, put her head on straight put her great girl panties on, started having those difficult conversations early and is moving the fuck on. And where does that leave Molly? Because if Issa's now Molly's equal, what does Molly, what, where was Molly going to get her personality from? Where's Molly going to put her worth at? Because now she's not just the, of, of the, when you look at not just Issa and Molly's dynamic, but when you look at the four of them, Kelly and um, that one girl, light-skinned chick I don't like. T- T- um, Tiffany, a.k.a. Amanda Seals. Yeah, Tiffany. They're the same woman to me. But if you look at the dynamic of, the four, of that four friend group, Molly is the quote-unquote successful friend. Kelly is the fat, funny one. And Amanda, um, Tiffany is the sedity one. The one who's got it quote-unquote all together. And we'll get to her here in a second. Molly, now that Issa is being becoming competitive or comparable to Molly, what the fuck? Where's Molly's identity? She and hasn't though, had to find one. And even though I won't say that Issa and Molly are on the same level or even comparable, like it's still a win for Issa, right? Issa finally did some shit without Molly's help. Like, you know what I mean? Like all of her wins were kind of Molly assisted. They didn't know boundaries. Cause if you remember in last season, Nathan tried to come over to apologize and Molly shooed him away before like even conferring with Issa. So right. They, 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 have, they, they yeah, for sure. Issues and everything. But it's also like Molly is like the, she's the scoreboard friend. And so, yeah. so she's the one that like, she'll do a favor for you, but she, she's counting it. She, she's taking note of it. She's like, okay, I done did four favors for this chick. She ain't do me one. Cause even even still, she was like, when Issa was like, I just needed one little ass saver. She and Molly was like, You always need one little ass saver. Like that's been harboring for 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 seasons. Yeah, that you, ain't that's how you feel. That's how you've been feeling. Right. You you feel like she a charity case on the low. You know what I'm saying? So it's like when in the entire scene, the entire dynamic, it it's it's interesting because it's like this this is something that was building. If both of them had communication prior to, it wouldn't have built like that, right? Because right. they both felt like something was off, but they never really kind of like took time to address it. For they, sure. also, they also never really, you know, went deeper into trying to understand the other person's issues. Like when um, Esau on, on Thanksgiving was like, Thanksgiving got crazy. Like, you know, I'll have to hold, hold off and push back the time instead of asking, like, are you okay? Everything's straight. You know what I'm saying? Molly just kind of dismissed like, girl, whatever, do you? That sort of thing. And that's been happening for, you know, better part of like two seasons. It's like that sort of, y'all not communicating, y'all not talking, y'all not putting a big girl pants on and talk to people. They're just kind of letting things linger. Right. 
That's my right. that's my fault. But you know what? I'm gonna be honest, right? Playing completely playing devil's advocate, and I hate when people do this because the devil's a grown ass man. But playing devil's advocate, Molly, I understand Molly's frustration with like Issa asking, kind of going around her to get something accomplished. Not that Molly wasn't completely selfish in her lack of or her lack of willingness to help, right? Molly was selfish as fuck for that, especially because she was so against Issa working with condolences to begin with. Why would he not? Why would she not leap at the opportunity and say, you know what? I'm obtuse with this particular situation. So since I had so much to say about it, I should at least pitch in. Like I never offer my opinion on anything if I'm not at least willing to put the sweat equity behind that. So that was my number one confusion was. But to to play, like I said, playing devil's advocate, if I told you that I wasn't comfortable mixing these two or mixing these, you know what I'm saying, you with my 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 brand new quote-unquote man relationship and you go around me to involve him in your business anyway, that would irritate the fuck out of me too, if I'm being honest. Especially if you didn't, like, hear me out. Especially if you didn't at least pick up the phone and say, hey, I know you didn't want to personally involve, your, involve yourself, so I had Nathan ask on my behalf. I would have at least given that at least heads up, like, just so that because finding out through the grapevine makes it sound worse than what the fuck it was. And she she found that out by chance. You know what I'm saying? Because what you call it's manager walked up to him and was like, hey, you know what I'm saying? And that's how Molly ended up finding out. So had Issa communicated to Molly, be like, hey, I know you didn't want to ask. I asked Nathan to ask instead. She probably would have still been pissed off, but it would have hurt less. You know what I mean? But also, a couple things. And here's and here's why I disagree. And here's why and, and I know you're just playing devil's advocate. Here's why I disagree with that. Hey, you met your nigga through me. Like Andrew met Molly because Issa was dating Nathan. Like that's how they met. So you met that nigga through me. It's not like it's not like you met him on your own and then you introduced me to him and I don't really have that connection. I don't really have that bond. Like, nigga, you met right. him because of me. Hey. B, we're talking. We're talking about my business here. We're talking about something I have put hard earned sweat equity into. I'm supposed to just let that fail when I know I have somebody who could look out to, because because of your feelings. Like, look, fam. Like, I'm, I'm not saying that Molly was right. I'm saying that I understand. Like, Molly is dead ass wrong, but I am. I do understand why she would be offended. Or you could even do something as as simple as, hey, how about you ask him? Here's his contact. Like, send him a, a real life business proposal because we've done that. Instead, so, like, look, right. here's so and so's number. Like, reach out to him. Like, tell him like a real life business proposal. Like, don't bullshit it, and 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 send it and send it his like send it his way. Like, don't not like. Was I supposed don't to don't let your it? friend fail? You feel me? Like, right. Was, was I supposed to? Right. When I right. Because I don't. Come on. Now. Like, right. Let's be real. Let's like see. no, I think. But had the two. Well, like I said, the short. Listen, if these niggas communicated like they were supposed to, we wouldn't have a goddamn show. So I appreciate the. I I appreciate the the. You know what I'm saying? The misnomer between the two because it makes sense. It makes absolute sense. I personally would love to see a season where these two have to figure out who they are identity wise without each other. They're I think, best friends. I, I think that's the second half of this season. I yeah. think that's I think that's what gonna what they're gonna explore. Hopefully they give us the Kelly spinoff that we deserve. Um, Kelly is funny 
as fuck, bro. And the fact that she's a writer on the show and hasn't figured out a way to give herself more of an identity than just a funny friend is, I think, I hope I'm wrong. And it's like just them leading up to another plot or another, you know what I'm saying, twist and turn on this whole thing. Um, but I am interested to see more of Kelly because she's funny as fuck. Like, one of my favorite characters on the show is Chad and Kelly. Listen, um, and even the, the back and forth she had with uh, Issa's brother, kind of that whole Martin Pam, like, I really don't fuck with you, but we're going to joke about it, but I really don't like you vibes. Um, oh, I, you know what? Also, let's talk about Amal real quick, right? Mm-hmm. Because when, um, of course, Amal was at, the, was at the block party, and he greeted everybody as he typically would, but did you peep that he did not embrace, um, he didn't embrace Molly? That's what the fuck I'm talking about when I say my brother's right out for me first, okay? I'm on the same. Whatever energy my siblings is on is what the fuck I'm on. If we not fucking with you right now, I'm not fucking with you right now. Period. I was like, bro, that's some brother ass shit right there. He like he literally, I peeped it. And I'm like, that's, that's some shit that my siblings would do. If I'm not fucking with you, we not fucking with you. Period. So the problem, and the problem with that is like... We see this all the time. Like, you may forgive that person, but we don't. Like, we still fuck you. Like, it's all. Like, you could come back and be like, well, guys, we kind of made up and talked out. All right, cool. Still fuck that. I bitch. mean, I didn't say I didn't say it wasn't problematic. Oh, no. We, we feel that way right now about a couple folks. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying that the, the math don't math. That's not what I'm saying. When I, and if my friends, after you and I decide to make up and my friends said that they're not fucking with you still, I have to eat that. You know what I mean? Because I told them what type of what type of energy it was, and not everybody can make the switch back from you know what I'm saying neutral territory. Sometimes when you pick a side, you gotta stay there, and that just be where that's it. That that literally just is what it is. That's a casualty of war. Man, that's it. That's it. If you defend Molly, you are Molly, and keep your bad energy away from me. That's my that's my final. Point. No, that ass. You can definitely keep that energy right right the fuck over there what's next on the docket friend um so i actually finished black as fuck um the show on netflix i did I tried, I everybody gave, i gave it one and a half episodes and then hit for me i was like you know what i don't feel like we need to continue to watch this just to get caught up on the thing pieces i don't give a fuck that much whatever you know what and friend you did exactly what the fuck you're supposed to do when you consume something that you know you're not the target audience for. And you know, even if you are the target audience and you just don't like it, you know what the fuck you did, friend? You turned the fucking TV off. Like a human being with some common motherfucking sense. And that's all I'm going to say about it. I watched Black as Fuck. I finished it. I thought it was hilarious. I was weak as hell the entire time, okay? Obviously, this is a parody of Kenya's family, okay? Obviously, these are not his kids. It's not his wife. It's it's literally, it's just funny as fuck. It's funny. And I really get tired of the fact that every time, especially when it's geared, it's by black people for black people, we have the think pieces coming out talking about, oh, this is black families for white people or white audiences. And it's like, some some shit, yeah. Some shit, I absolutely can see it. Other things, it's like, bro, just shut the fuck up. And every time black people do something, it does not have to be a comparison to what white people get. White people are allowed to imagine themselves as fucking avatars and 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 out out of space galaxies and be Captain Kirk and and all that, and Doctor Spock and all that shit. And black people 
Do you have to have television that always centers you? Do you have to be able, everything that you consume as a black audience? Why do you constantly need to see yourself in it in order for it to be valuable? Certain shit you can say, you know what? I can't relate to this at all, but it's still a good fucking show. I'm not a rich writer. I can't relate to their fucking lifestyle. Their kids literally have the worst grooming habits I've ever seen and walk around in Fendi. My man has constantly got on a fucking sweatsuit. You know, it's a fly ass sweatsuit. I can't afford that shit. I can't relate to the type of lifestyles that they live, but I'm not, I don't need to constantly consume television that looks like me. I, I can just enjoy the show. And it's, start, it's like, I want black people to get to a point where we can just say, you know what, I'm about to laugh at this because it's funny without it becoming a think piece or necessary for everybody to constantly take up that kind of space. Stop taking yourself so serious. It's okay to laugh. It's okay. Nobody's laughing at you. Like, um, I look at sorry. it like this. I look at it like this, right? Um, a couple things. One, we because we have so few stories about us that aren't trauma based. You feel me? Like we have a bunch of seven seconds and a bunch of you know, oh, this person got wrongful. Like to the point where it's a genre, right? We have a we have a we have a black trauma genre. The 12 Years of Slaves, Birth of a Nation, the Fruitful Stations, the, you know what I'm saying? Like, we have a, the Selmas, like, we have a genre of, like, movies that are, like, black trauma, right? You know, this shit's so, like, right. because white people love to see, oh, my God, look at the poor niggers out here suffering. Um, but we don't have necessarily the same level of, like, non-black trauma. So the stuff that we do have gets scrutinized. And I hate... So I hate new blacks. And so my definition of new black is, is, is a person who really got in touch with her blackness, like after high school. Like we're talking like we're talking about the one who, who, who generally may have like hung out with like mostly white people in their formative yes. years, maybe maybe have gone to, you know, really majority majority white high school and maybe even a majority white college. Oh, like a super PWI, like Miami University. <laughs> but like at some point, yes. either during college or they may have gone to Howard or Virginia State or HBCU and they suddenly become, they found their blackness, right? And so now they're trying to like, you know, recon and do stuff. Catch up. Ca- yes. Catch up on the culture. And they're looking at it from this really narrow, fake woke lens. And that's how you get fucking think pieces and op-eds on the players club and a players club and above the rim like fam we all it's like nigga no we all know but the players club is and above the rim is very very problematic we understand that we don't give a fuck don't we don't need we didn't care on why rico is misogynistic we know that (laughs) like and it's also or my favorite right now with the with the new blacks my absolute favorite thing in the world is like Again, it's the inability to just be able to consume without the necessity to see yourself as a character. Like, you know what I'm saying? And New Blacks haven't deciphered that. Also, you want to cater a think piece to us about the misogyny behind Players Club when I was fucking eight years old. I wasn't the one responsible for that material or the acceptance of that material. Like, you're literally preaching to the wrong audience. I don't care. Like, people want to talk about... And it's uh, also saying, 
and it's also insulting our intelligence because you say we only like things that have trauma or like our poor blacks but like there's a reason Fresh Prince is one of the most successful black sitcoms of all time and they were based in Beverly Hills we could talk about right. Bill Cosby all we want but half the reason some of these niggas didn't want to cancel him because they, he was universally loved on the Cosby Show again, and the Cosby Show had a doctor and a lawyer as parents. We know they not fucking middle class, like at they, all. They were living downtown back when downtown was like not that easy to live in. Like, come on now, like so. Don't say you guys only care about poor. No, nigga, like we care about good. There's a, there's a reason Martin, even for all of his bullshit, is one of the most revered sitcoms ever. They weren't poor. Martin had a great job. Gina had a great job. Like, what are you talking about? Yes. Right. And it's just like, so our bad, y'all, some technical difficulties, but we're going to get it right, get it tight. Anyway, my point about the matter is just that when we consume things and, and when generations beneath us, right? So the, the generation below us, I don't know who they are, never met the kids. But when they start to consume things that we have already gone through in our adolescence, like the later or the younger millennials, I should say, I think that they need to keep in mind of like, oh, well, this is trash and this is trash and this is misogynistic. A, think about the time period that this came out at. And two, who is this attention supposed to be pointed at? Because we were in our, literally, we were in our adolescence when these things were being created. So I, it, it was the burden of calling things out that were unjust was not on us at all. I think, I think what you said so, was a really good point was like, we got to remember a time period. Like there, and there was a time period where people could just openly smoke in movies and, and it was just normal. Like the, the, the hero would be the one smoking the cigarettes because he needed, you know, to, to look cool. Now only the villains smoke because, you know, they try to steer us away from that. I mean, even in something as simple as like Tim Cook from Apple, he's put it in his uh, clauses of whenever they use Apple products that the bad guys can't have iPhones. Like, you know, and we yeah. talked about how even now in this in the middle of this pandemic, I'm looking at certain movies. I'm just seeing mad people like t- closed up and touching and in tight spaces. I'm cringing because I have quarantine brain. I'm like. Why aren't you making social distancing? And I realized it's, a, it's like a movie, and it's like they don't in their in their world, COVID right. doesn't exist. Um, <laughs> we mm-hmm. gotta talk about the mental health of everybody after this bullshit. But that's a different story. But yeah, it's just at the end of the day, if everything ain't for you, I know there's certain shit that just not for me. It's just not. I am not the target audience. I am not the intended demographic. It's not my cup of tea. It's not my cup of whiskey. It's not my cup of nothing. And you know what I do? I don't consume it. And I mind my business. And I let people enjoy things. Why can't more people be like me? I guess it's the question. <laughs> I, you know, be like Calvin. <laughs> Calvin sees something and keeps on scrolling. Like, I, and I agree with that, friend. It just gets to a point where it's like, dog, just you can literally just keep, keep it pushing. The in, it does not require shut the fuck all this. Up. Shutting the fuck up is. Let people enjoy shutting shit. Shutting the fuck up is one it of the only things like, that's still free. You can freely shut the fuck up with no money down. It's actually preferred. No credit needed, bro. And it's the preferred thing to do instead of ruining shit for people who have like enjoyment 
of things. Like, dog, especially now, let niggers enjoy things. Like, just, like, let people have the small little things that they can right now. It, we, we need, need it. Every, and also, y'all not going to think peace. We need peace. every piece of happiness. You're not going to keep think peace we in my black classes. We need every piece of happiness. Absolutely. And y'all are not. And I feel like y'all niggas, there's a certain subset of people who they don't thrive on happiness. They thrive on anguish. They thrive on sadness. They thrive on being angry. Like they don't know how to be happy. No one's ever taught them to enjoy shit. They've only taught them how to hate shit and how to like not enjoy shit and how to shame other people for enjoying shit. We need to get those motherfuckers the fuck out of here. You know? And I feel bad for your childhood because it sounds miserable. Because it sounds like you were also raised by people who didn't enjoy things either. And I'm so sorry for you. I feel really, really bad. But you're not going to get to be the joy police around this motherfucker. We're going to laugh at some shit. That's, that's literally my entire point about it. Like, I enjoyed Black as Fuck. I thought it was funny. I thought it was witty. I, like, I enjoyed it. I really, really did. And for once, it was laughter and comedy outside of Black pain. It, it- I just, I like, I just, like, I enjoyed that shit. wasn't based off of these niggas don't know when they're going to pay their bills, like. <laughs> yeah, like, bro, they're not finding joy in the struggle. Like, no, they're not struggling. And to be honest with you, I love seeing images of black people in luxury. Bro, that shit brings so, so much fucking joy to my eyes. Like, literally damn near tears. I like seeing people, black people in designer, raising spoiled fucking kids and the like and enjoying that aspect of life not everything has to be trauma-based or struggle-based because i'm be honest with you my parents definitely got it out the mud i'm no stranger to hard work but my lifestyle i wasn't brought up struggling like no that's not a part of struggle struggle and poverty is not a part of everybody's black identity and it's not like it's it's not that doesn't mean that i don't know what hard work is that doesn't mean that i'm a stranger to getting it out the mud but like at some point we want to preach black excellence without without it having to come from a place we, of struggle. Some of us did not want grow to up preach like that. Black excellence without shaming people for enjoying it. Like again, I know eat the rich, fuck the billionaire. If I get all, I get all of that shit. But also, it's like we want to preach black excellence, but then get mad when people enjoy the fruits of their labor. It's like is it Uchiwali? Is it one mic? little bit of both friend but you know what that's a different conversation for a totally different day because i do want to celebrate your accomplishments and we've had this conversation as it pertains to jay-z i can celebrate and and it's one of those things where for me duality exists right i want to celebrate the fact that jay-z is a black billionaire but billionaires also shouldn't exist so uh, at one side it's one of those things where Yes, eat the rich. I'm glad that you are a part of the conversation. But like, you know what I mean? It's one of those things. Like, I'm happy that one of us is a part of the conversation. Not happy about how we got there. I mean, that that's, that's how I feel about like, we. I see people, you know, applaud black police officers and black lawyers and black defense lawyers and black judges and black, you know. But I'm like, the entire criminal justice system is fucked up. I'm not necessarily just cheering for it because I have black faces. Like, the entire shit fucked up. Like, it's still fucked up, no matter which way the dope's selling, it's still fucked up. In fact, when we talk about Sean Reed, it was a black police officer that said, to, looks like you're going to be having a closed casket. Like, that type shit. So it's not, so it's not necessarily... Yeah. Bad. All kinfolk 
all kin folk aren't skin folk. Like, all, excuse me, all skin folk aren't kin folk. And that's facts. And we know that. But I know that of the majority, like, again, and it's the loud minority of things that makes it, that takes up so right. much space, right? But in order for us to afflict real change, we do have to have a seat at these tables on both sides of the aisle. You know what I'm saying? We do need black prosecutors so that it evens out the playing field. Not to say that there aren't bad apples in that, you know what I'm saying? There's not wolves in sheep's clothing. Well, I'm not saying that that does not exist. But if that's constantly the thought process, if we're constantly that pragmatic, at some point, where does progress come in at? Where does the hope for it come in at? You know what I'm saying? So for me, we need we need it and we need more of it. But you know, I, I'm also still very much so aware that not all, like I said, not all skin folk are kin folk. Well, but, but it all does deserve to be celebrated. What we got next? What we got next? You are absolutely right. Um, where? Let me go to my list, my handy dandy list. All right, Blues Clues. So, you ready to get yeah, into these hot yeah, takes? Let's, let's let them ride. All right, so Calvin. To you, because I was having this conversation with a friend of mine, and I said, he asked me, he's like, you're a very kept woman, aren't you? And I'm like, what is that? Like, what? Never under quite understood what that means. And he was like, it just means you're very spoiled. And I'm like, you say it very, my response to him was, you know, you make it sound like being spoiled is derogatory. And he was just like, oh, you're, and he went on this whole, like, tangent about how he doesn't date spoiled brats and I must not know what hard work looks like and like literally went on this rant about like the negativity behind the stigma behind being a kept woman and I'm like why so friend help me out what why are men so against like women being kept you you, all right let, let me break it down so there's a difference and so again stereotypes are based in part conjecture, part reality. So there's a difference between being a kept woman and being a spoiled woman. So those those two are different things. So being a spoiled woman, when we talk about when we talk about spoiled, we talk about things that have gone bad, like the milk is spoiled, like the eggs are spoiled rotten, that sort of shit. You feel me? So being a spoiled woman is kind of what he was referring to. It's like, look, you you know how like your parents say you don't know you don't know the value of a dollar because you just expect to get it like that. You don't know the effort it takes to get it. That sort of thing. So it's like right. You know what I, I'm saying? I've so it's been like, told that. If, if if you get a new game system, for example, or if you get some new shoes every time you cry, you don't understand that like them shoes cost money and them, and that money costs time. You feel me? So it's like the time and effort I got to put in to get these shoes and therefore and you may scuff them up the first night or you may not be mad because they're not the exact shoe you wanted type shit. So you don't understand that like we didn't put in the work to get that shit. So let's translate that into actual relationships. So a spoiled woman doesn't understand money and time are connected. You want what you want, right? You want the experience and you have the standards you're set. And I'm not saying you don't have, you're not allowed to have standards. Lord knows I'm not. But you don't understand money and time that goes into keeping up your standards. So, for example, hmm. you want you, you get offended. So if you're a spoiled woman, you get offended if I say, hey, babe, let's, you, you want the to tonight? Like, or you want you because that's not 
is, is that's not high enough quality food for you when me and you are going out. Mind, right. mind you, that same spoiled woman will often also get mad because you, you may be working a lot. You don't have enough time to spend with her. But because you're working a lot, trying to make the money, trying to make the extra money to be able to get her the things that she wants. You feel me? So that's a spoil. A spoil woman doesn't understand the concept of like time, money, and hard work. She it's like she treats her niggas like an ATM more than a partner. That's a spoil. That's a spoil. Ah. Like she just she looks at niggas as dollar signs and not like people. A kept woman. A kept okay. woman is different. A kept yes, woman please. is someone who still ha- they have them. St- they have their standards. They understand they want to, they want what they want and they and they willing to do what you know they understand they have, they want what they want and they're not willing to settle. But also, A, the difference between a spoiled woman and a cap woman, the spoiled woman can't get it herself, the cap woman can. First difference. Like the spoiled woman knows what she wants, but she can't get it on her own volition. The cap woman can generally get what she wants on her own. So she that's why she knows. She has a certain standard she won't go past because anything below that standard, she can just do it herself. She can be bad by herself. You feel me? So that's the first that's the first that makes sense. second difference is also the kept woman understands that in order for you to give me what I want and the standards that I have accepted, there's certain other things that I also have to accept with that standard. We're not talking anything derogatory like cheating, abuse, things of that nature. We're not talking that. But we're also talking if you want a nigga who's able to get you whatever you want, whenever you want, however you want it, understand that nigga's probably busy, right? Like, a broke nigga has all the time in the world. Because <laughs> he ain't doing shit. Because he ain't doing Annoying. shit. He ain't got nothing but time to be under you. Someone who's out here, out here trying to get nope. it, nine times out of ten, they don't have necessarily that same amount of time. You have, you have to maybe fit into a schedule. He, he, may, he may be trying to hit you like, look, I'm free Tuesday. What's up? Like, I'm Tuesday, the only day I'm free this week. I want to see you. I want to take you out. What's up? And if, you, But if you're also used to niggas not fitting you in their schedule, but fitting their schedule around you, you may not like that nigga who's getting out of the mud to try to get your standards. You feel me? That's when you become spoiled. That makes sense. So, here's the thing. Because I explained to him, and it, and I think after hearing your explanation, I'm definitely cutting him off. But like, he tried to make it seem like, because I explained to him, I said, there's a certain way that I grew up. There's certain things that are acceptable. There are certain things that just aren't. And that's just by standard. There are certain things that my dad literally to this day would roll over and literally not stop talking to me if this wasn't the way that I, I kept myself up, right. if that makes sense. Because I know the investment and the time that my dad put into his daughters. I know the investment that my dad made into his girls. And I'd be damned if I'm caught out here living beneath that. That's just me. So explaining to this man that like, yes, I'm a daddy's girl. Absolutely. I, I, I don't have, you know what I'm saying? Daddy, it's not in a derogatory way, but my dad made sure that his daughters did not have to worry about niggas. We didn't. And if we got caught up with the men at our big ass ages, that's on us. But that was not the way that we were right. raised, right? And so explaining to this dummy that... I can be kept and also no stranger to hard work. He couldn't fathom. So I wanted to make sure that like I had my head all straight. Like I wasn't tripping here. And obviously I'm not because 
he called me, it, it insulted me the fact that he called me spoiled as if I don't have every right so, to be. So, a couple things. One, we know that sometimes you, you be wrong, friend. You're not wrong now, but sometimes you be wrong. But, so we talk about, we talk about knowing, I'm a huge believer in knowing, in knowing, in knowing self and knowing your self-worth and knowing what you are, what you're capable of and not capable of. Like for, for, for me, for instance, for certain shit, I know, I know won't slide. So I know I can only deal with a certain type of spoiled, a certain type of kept. Like, I done dealt with my fair share of spoiled and I done dealt with my fair share of kept. The difference is, is the, is, is it is it reasonable? Is it is it, is it a reasonable expectation for you to have? And if it's reasonable, and and, let so, me and, and, and here's and here's my definition of reasonable. I'm sorry. My definition of reasonable is like, am can I reasonably do what you're asking of me without making a sacrifice I'm not willing to make? So, so that's fair. For example, if you want. If you expect a Birkin bag every every month because it's Tuesday, that's fine. I'm not the nigga for you. I'm not in the tax bracket to be that. I'm not in the tax <laughs> bracket to be that nigga for you. I, I'm okay with that. I move aside. I let you deal with one of these rapper niggas or one of these niggas who's, who's who don't got a bank account. This bank account is his mattress. Cool. Do you? If you one of those niggas, if you one of those women who like, I want to be under my man twenty four seven. Cool. I'm not the nigga for you. <laughs> and that's okay. Like the difference is between myself and the and the real niggas and the, the fake niggas. I'm okay not being what you want because I know I'm okay with who I am right now. The niggas who want you to change who you are to fit their version of what's reasonable are also the same niggas who get validation off of what they have on their arm. You want and, and, and where I'm from, you can't get a bad bitch on a discount price. Absolutely not. It don't even but read. Also, the lick will never read. A, a lot of a lot of women, not every woman, not even most women. So stay out my mentions. Don't understand that you either can get a broke nigga or a busy nigga. Like you mean, you can even get a nigga who has all the time in the world for you, or a nigga who can actually take care of you, or provide for you, and and help you. Generally, those two don't counteract. Like, if I have all the time in the world for you, if I'm at your beck and call, I'm generally not doing shit with my life. If you're able to call me whenever and I just jump to you, I have too much free time. If I'm, if I'm, I'll be honest with you, a man with too much free time, my daddy told me to beware of a man with too much free time. If every time I call this man, he's on his way, it's like, a problem. And that came from my dad. It's also the same with women. Like, a woman who doesn't have hobbies and don't have friends is a red flag to me. Because why don't other people like your ass is the first question I have. And secondly, what are you doing with your time that you're not with me? If your hobby could be work, you could be one of the workaholic ass motherfuckers. That's fine. But that means you have something to devote your energy to, but it's not me. I don't need to be the source of your enjoyment. Oh, I need you to have a hobby. I need you to have a solid friend group that does not involve me. I need you to actually do things that have absolutely positively nothing to do with me. Because if you want to think that I, I'm not the type of partner, I'm a very low maintenance partner. Don't get me wrong. Like when it comes to certain, I'm a high maintenance individual. I'm a low maintenance partner. Okay. It does not take a lot to please me in a relationship. It really, really doesn't. 
But the one thing your ass is going to have to do is have a life outside of me. I can't be your everything. You need to find something for you to do that is just for you. Because I guarantee I have something for me that is just for me. And you're not going to sit in my goddamn and, face on And so, you're and not. so that's what, that when we talked about captains versus spoiled, first and foremost, it's we're the kept woman and the spoiled woman. I know plenty of women, women who are kept. Hell, half my free group are kept women. I know plenty of women who are spoiled. Oh, absolutely. I, I've dated spoiled. A spoiled woman. Because again, it's the bad apple will eventually turn the whole bunch rotten. The spoiled a spoiled partner will drain you of everything that they can because they don't have the ability to get to get it themselves. They're parasites. They're like, I'ma latch on to you, I'ma get you for everything that I can. And if you've got enough bags that I can keep getting you, cool. It's but it's not a very a spoiled partner? Is not a very mutually beneficial relationship. You feel me? Like, but see, what's crazy is that I've also dated men that if I told them, "Oh, I got it. Don't worry about it," they took offense to it. So that's why I'm like, "Well, so what's the difference?" So here's like the, what, so here's, like genuinely, what's look, the difference? We'll break it down. A, my masculinity has not evolved to the point where I have to say no to women wanting to buy me things. I've never been that person, but. Their support from you. you looks different. The the people, the, the men who may not want you to buy shit or pay for a dinner, they want to support from you in a different manner. Am I wrong? Yeah, you I mean, me? no, like, no, 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 they, they you're not wrong. Want the, the the Holly homemaker type look. I just need you barefoot and pregnant in the kitchen, like, and if that's not your ministry. If your ministry yeah. look, I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold it down on the financial part, and their ministry is like, look, I can hold it down on the financial part. I need you to do everything else. Y'all ministries aren't the same. Y'all going to two different churches, so that's so that's the difference. So like, I know niggas who like, don't worry about it. I got it. Don't 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 worry about it. I'll pay for it. It's whatever. But they 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 make that up in the other area. Like you're not getting off scot free. They 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 their ask in another area is a little yeah. higher because of that. So this ask of me in that particular department with the guy I'm, I'm speaking about, his ask for me was just be available when he called. So it was like, OK, I, I'm getting it. I'll take care of you. I'll take care of this. I'll take care of that. But you just need to be available when I call. He was very not he was not big at all on hearing about like my schedule. It, it, my, my schedule, my time didn't matter to him. It was OK. If I'm taking care of you, your time is whatever time I say it is. And that's why it didn't work out with me because I'm a little bit not listening. You're not going to tell me that. I know we shit on the four day laws of power and all that shit, but one of the first laws in the four day laws of power is beware of the free lunch because those shits often cost the most. Like if I tell you, don't worry about shit financially, I got you. Nine times out of ten, I'm going to be asking you for something that costs more than whatever I just paid for you down the road. Because exactly that that level of like, look. Fuck your schedule, nigga. If I'm if I'm financing everything, be here when I call. Be here it when I matter. call. Period. That's that was literally his expectation. And in the beginning, that shit sounds easy as fuck. Like, oh sis, bitch, all you gotta do is be ready when that nigga calls. But I'm a busy woman myself. I have things going on myself. You know what I mean? So your be ready when you call might fall Tuesday at seven o'clock. That don't work for me. And and that first and that you know first, what I mean? It may fall on a Saturday. 
it's not it's not it's not it's not it's not good because again we we fuck up often because we have silent expectations and we don't verbalize them. So if I so my silent expectation, if I'm paying for anything, I say be here when I call. It means nigga, I don't need back talk. I don't need I don't need you to question me. <laughs> like that's that's what it is. Because yeah, like I, it's it's literally be here when I call. And it's it was one of those nights where you know everybody gets into their mood. I don't feel like being bothered right now. So that first no was an argument. Best believe it. Better believe it was an with, argument. You know the wild and thing is? I dealt yeah. with a woman who had to be here when I call, but also expected me to pay for everything. That shit was nuts. I was like, excuse me? Hold on, time out. Five, five gonna play. What are you... <laughs> how you is know, this working for me? Like, and... and You know what? Those women, and I'm gonna be honest with you, those women are used to dating sims. Because all the men that I've ever dated that turned out to be corny as shit were like that. Oh, not only am I going to pay for everything, but I'm, I'm at whatever she wants to do, whatever she wants to say. I don't like those kind of men. There needs to be. Now, listen. OK, this is problematic. Alex speaking. OK, so drag me, drag me and me alone. OK, these are not the opinions expressed. are not those of the future shot pod. This is just Alex. OK. I need a man that has a little bit of. I will whoop your ass in him. He would never touch me though. Like he would never put it like never domestic, never any of that. The furthest thing from his mind is causing me harm. But I need to feel a little scared of you, bro. Like in order for me to have any kind of respect for your gangster, parts of me need to know that you will literally knock all this shit so, over. And by all this shit, I mean so, my little ass. Like parts of me need to believe in my heart to hearts. Like in order for him to talk to me in a certain kind of way, in order for you to get the kind of respect out of me you need, parts of me need to believe that you will choke my so, ass out. Again, we we we, we never do Joe it. Scott, right? And Joe Scott had a quote that sounds a lot less problematic than what you just said. And it goes like this. It, it's simple. It's like, if you could tell me what to do, then you can tell me what to do. If you can't tell me what to do, then you can't. Tell me what to do. You can't tell and me what again, to do. Like, and I'll be real with you. Of the percentage of men that I've dated, there have been 2%, 2 that have been able to tell me what the fuck to do. Without an issue, without a problem, without any... Literally, yes, daddy. Okay, daddy. How high? Okay. And those are actually some of my favorite relationships. Because I, we, it was a mutual understanding. But a nigga that I feel like I can run... He'll never get any piece of the pie. Ever. It's and, too easy. And which is why, I mean, we've talked off wax about being... I'm never going to know peace. That, yeah, that is one. But also, we talked, like, I've expressed concern and bewilderment <laughs> over some of the shit that you've been able to get away with. And I just know that would never be me. And, <laughs> and, and, and again, with the woman in question, and, like, she tried to pull some shit. And like, if, you know, the first time you let it slide, cause you know, everybody, everybody fuck up once. Real players fuck up some, sometimes, but then it's time to become a habit. And I'm like, and then her, her ask or like her, what she considered repayment was having a bad bitch on my arm. You know what I'm saying? Cause that was what she considered repayment was like, look, I'm a dude, I'm, I'm a, I'm a expect the world and I'm gonna expect you to be there when I'm ready. But in turn, you got, you got me on your arm. And for a nigga like me, who respectfully you wouldn't be with me if I couldn't pull bitches. <laughs> like you wouldn't fuck with you wouldn't no fuck facts. with me if I couldn't if I wasn't out here showing what I could do. Like you know my work. Don't play me. You know you, you know, know what? you know what I, 
First of all, problematic Alex is getting ready to speak again. So mind her. Excuse y'all gonna have to excuse her. I don't date men who don't date bad bitches. I know what your exes look like before me. And if I don't, if it's not comparable to me, I really don't want to fuck with you. There's no, I cannot date a man and I am your first bad bitch. I can't date you because you're going to do some simp ass corny ass shit or you're going to get jealous about something that like the niggas I'm used to dating would never trip about. And it's going to piss me off. I cannot be, I am not your training, your bad bitch in training. Like I am not the training wheel bad bitch. No. I can't date a man that's not used to being surrounded by beautiful women because you're going to get around me and you're going to lose your shit. And I don't have time for the sucker attacks. I've been through way man, too many of them. Honestly. Like, no, I have to date men honestly, who are used to bad bitches. This is something that is not gender specific because, again, we people know how I rock. People know that, like, I, I am friends. I am friends. I am acquaintances. I am cordial with a bunch of women. No, it's no beautiful, beautiful women. Like, pe- like I come in, I, I like it's like one of those like, oh, daddy making his rounds. Like even people's like, I seen you work a room, but like you could tell the people who weren't used to to to, to rocking with someone who was like as known as them or more known. And I don't mean this to sound arrogant, but like you can tell when someone's used to being the bad bitch in the relationship, the popular nigga in the relationship. And when, that, and when they're not even flipping, they're not used to it. They, they, they act funny. It's like, baby, like, baby, oh, I, yeah. like, you, you do realize you met me while we were out, right? Like, you, you <laughs> yeah, like, you saw this shit for yourself. Like, you saw it first. You were, attra- what's crazy is that the things that attract them are the things that they resent you Because for. they expect you to change. Because, like, I swear to God. And I'm not going to, bro. You met me in heels and makeup when hair typically either short as fuck or down my ass. You met me completely dolled up nine times out of ten. You thought that that was going to tone down simply because you wiped it now? No. I, I just don't understand why you out here making people laugh and shit. Like, baby, I made you laugh. Like, that's how we met. Like, oh, you want to be Mr. Jokes? Fam, you, you listen to my podcast. What are we What are we talking about here? Like, it's just, it's... What are we doing here? Like... Dog, you met me this way. Why did you think that the circumstances were going to change? Which is why, again, another reason why your girl is, is big single for that reason. And if that reason alone, you cannot, you cannot, no. Don't get, don't be attracted to me and then expect me to change the same things that you were attracted to. Like, and that's where the trust factor of a lot of this shit comes into play at. Because I can tell you don't know how to trust it. You don't know how. But let me show you before this becomes an insecurity and the reason why we end up breaking up, with, I, I will break up with you. Like, no, don't do that. And the hardest breakups for me are always with people that I was never in a relationship with. How the fuck did I get here? How did I, we who? get here? Nobody's supposed to be okay. here. <laughs> I cannot fucking stand you, dog. I swear to God, I can't. All right, next up on the docket, anyway, is what is the difference, in your opinion, friend, your humble opinion, what is the difference between dating someone and just talking There's to There's actually someone? a difference, and I get mad when people are obtuse when there's not. So here is my humble difference, right? Talking to someone is a pure beginning stage, right? Like, you can talk to someone and not date them for real, right? So talking to someone like... You're exchanging, okay. you're, you're, you're exchanging info on social media. Somebody slid in somebody's DMs. Maybe you even got the number. You're kind of talking, feeling each other out, getting to know each other a little bit. 
but you haven't you haven't fair, even fair. really even figured out which bucket you want to place this person in because nine times out of ten, both men and women will place you in two buckets. You either relationship material or you just something to have fun with. And you and that talking phrase is for us to figure out which bucket you're going to be placed in. It's like okay. Right. First time I talked to you, damn, she's an airhead, but her body crazy. I could have fun with that, but I can't really, I can't take this around my nigga. Like, she don't know what the fuck she's talking about. I'm going to place you in this bucket. Or damn, shorty cool as fuck. Shorty dope as shit. I want to get to know her more. I want to actually, like, let's see, let's see where this goes. All right, now you're in another bucket. So, so talking is like the first steps. It's literally the initial process of, like, trying to figure out where you're going to put somebody in your hierarchy. Dating is when dating is when you're right. like, okay. I there's I know there's some sort of romantic interest here. Like okay, I fuck with you. Look, I want to like I wouldn't be mind being seen with you in daytime. Like we're not together necessarily. We're not we're not we haven't had an exclusivity discussion. None of that shit. But we're hanging out with each other more so right. than just hey, come over to my house. I'm gonna come over to your house because that's another bucket. Because you can fuck somebody and not talk to them. <laughs> you can, oh, absolutely. Real niggas get it done every day. You can fuck somebody and not speak two words to them while the sun is up. You can talk to somebody and not date. You know what I'm saying? So then once you date them, it's like, okay, cool. There's some level of romantic interest there that's mutually agreed upon that we're wanting to explore. And we know where we're going. Exclusively dating is when you're like, okay, I'm going to drop my host. We're not together yet. Because I need to figure out, like, how you move when it's just me and you. But I'm going to drop my hoes. That way, I'm focusing solely on you. That's fair. And, and, and I know, right? Ugh. Commitment. Who does such a thing? Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. So Jesus Christ. So, exclusively dating is like, look, I'm dropping all my hoes. I'm focused solely on you. We're not committed yet because I got to see how this works when it's just me and you. Like, it's different when if you piss me off, I can go talk to somebody else. It's different. Like we, arguments are different. Right. Everything's different. When I know if you piss me off, I can just text somebody else and be perfectly okay. When I gotta just when we when we fuck up or we fight and I just gotta sit there and eat that shit, it feel different. And then we talk into a committed relationship is when we have that discussion. Is when you put a title on it and when you put We're boundaries this. on it. Exclusively dating. Is like we 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 drop each other's hoes, but we're not like I can still hit you if you're not my girl. If you trip, there's no there are no boundaries behind like, it. That's, right? That's where you get into the situation, shit. There's no boundaries behind it. We just say I'll drop my hoes, you drop your hoes too. And whether or not that person actually drops their hoes, we don't know what we do. That's the difference to me. I don't. You know what? Problematic Alex is accounted and present for tonight. Okay, so. What's crazy is that I've been in relationships where we went straight from like just dating each other. We were dating other people and then we just were not dating other people. It was just them and I. And I didn't have an opportunity to go through like the exclusive dating portion of things. And a bitch literally didn't realize that I was here in a full blown relationship and hadn't dropped a single hug. Because I, it's like. I, you know what? We talked about this a couple weeks ago too, and I argued with you until I did my own reflection and realized that you do need a buffer period to drop your hose. Listen, you listen. absolutely do. Because if you don't have a buffer. I was cheating and not even realizing. <laughs> like that I'm if you cheating. don't have a buffer period to get your house in order, to get your hose in order, it, it gets messy 
Because because them other hoes, them other people on your roster, if we talk all the time about communication and explanations and all that shit, most other people on your roster deserve to know that, hey. And my shit got messy. Like, as hey, well. I know. Because I'm hurting feelings. My bad. I'm hurting feelings, unintentionally hurting feelings at that. And motherfuckers is wondering why they're hearing from me less, but I'm out. They can't get no time with me, but I'm busy. You know what I'm saying? I'm out. You see that I'm out. You know what I mean? And then I pop up with a boyfriend and they're like, bro, when the fuck did you do that? Kind of how I got married. But like, it, it's, it's rough. And so, and so that's why. And that's to why be you, honest, I, I wish I'd have done things that's, different. And that's why you need your buffer period. Like, yes, me and you are exclusive. Like, I fuck with you more than I fuck with anybody else. However, you got to give me time to let everybody else know that. <laughs> like... Hold on. Please. Like before you start going doing anything rash, we both gotta turn around and make a declaration to the rest of the roster that they can go explore other avenues. And that takes time. Yeah, this one is closed. Time. You know what? It's literally you gotta go on tour real quick. You gotta go on tour. Listen, and sometimes going on tour isn't necessarily about fucking one more time. And sometimes it is, let's be fair. Like, I, I need to go on tour real quick. I need to make amends. I need to let people know what type of time it is so that not only can I respect you, but I can also honor them. Like, you know what? We had a really good time with each other, but this is that. I've had to go on tour. Like, for sure, went on tour. In my last attempt at a relationship, I had to go on tour real quick. Michelina, now, luckily, me and Michelina didn't last that long. God is good. All my hoes were right. We're literally in place when I got back up. Like, when I was ready to start talking to them again, they were all still right there. God is good. But, like... If you could hear me rolling my eyes right now... I needed the time. you could hear me rolling my eyes right now... I needed the time. It's... I know it's wild. It is wild. But... With, and then I ended up breaking up with all of them anyway. You know what? The beginning of this year was a hot ass... And, then, and, and right when you thought you were about to get right, you had to stay your ass in the house. And so, but, like, even... Just the moment I thought I was going to Because for me, because for me, it was like, down. look, I don't want to disrespect nobody because I know, listen, I've been the one on the other side where Shorty just pop up pregnant or pop up with a whole nigga. And I'm like, oh, wait, bitch, wait, hold on. You was just like, you was <laughs> just here a week ago. When this happened? Popping up with a baby is why. Shorty pop, for sure. Popping up with a marriage? We gotta we gotta put that to a poll. But like so literally Shorty, we was talking like you know I'm thinking we about to go, go be exclusive. I'm thinking like I'm about to make Shorty my girl. Shorty Shorty ghost me for like a week. Like go full no contact cold turkey. I'm like, all right, that's weird. Bet. Then I see on on the book of faces, you hear me? On on the book. Oh god. <laughs> I'm like, bitch. Ooh. And I know Ooh. that baby is mine because we ain't fucked. So, the fuck you got? God is good. Listen, thank God you blew it. Thank God you dodged the bullet, like, dog. Yo. Like, and God is good. Been, There's a Beyonce song for everything. nerve to not understand why I was zoned the fuck out that you have to pop up with a baby on me. Like, the fuck? You don't, the hell's wrong with you? I don't live the life. I don't live the I life. Mean, Listen, this 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 game. God is good though. Oh. Because that it, it wasn't your baby. The fuck? It wasn't your baby. God continues to provide for all the really? tribe niggas, okay? Literally one less thing. One less thing your ass had to worry about. 
a fucking baby. God continues to move, bro. Every time. Every time. When he do it? Every fucking time. What's up? Calvin, are you ready to get into the question yeah, of the day? Yeah, let's get it popping. So, the question of the day, question of the day right. brought to you by the good folks over at Shoot Your Shot Podcast, is basically, if I told you, you can get rid of the corona, ni- coronavirus 19, COVID-19, by sacrificing one thing, what would you sacrifice? What you got, Alex? All right. So, I have your favorite. You know, we're skipping names today because a lot of these were repetitive. I had a couple niggas say these hoes, these niggas. One of my favorites was Cancer Sun Men. Absolutely. A cancer man broke my heart. I still ain't letting that shit go. Um, The Electoral College, Donald Trump. Throw Mitch McConnell's bitch ass in there, too. Um, what do so you got? I, there, I got the airlines that added seats to planes, reduced reclines, and yet charged customers more. Um, that's funny as fuck. We got fuck. white supremacy, billionaires. We got several votes for mm-hmm. Donald Trump and his cronies, mm-hmm. cancer, systemic racism. Mitch McConnell's bitch ass can go out here too. Uh, Jason Derulo <laughs> was one of the answers. I got Jason Derulo too. Jason Derulo would came up a couple times. Actually, I really don't like that nigga. I really don't oh, like man, Jason we Derulo. Got, um, Trump and Pence, uh, Nigerian Nollywood movies. Um, what? So you know the movies with like that little kid that always looks perplexed. That little, that little African. Shut that up. Oh my god! That little African kid. Oh, oh my god! He didn't do nothing he wrong. Confused, confused all the time. <laughs> that nigga looks confused. You know what? He needs. He needs some oh milk. God. Absolutely, Jesus Christ! You know what would you give up in order to end COVID, um, friend? The state of Florida. <laughs> Does that count? <laughs> Facts. Like if we Absolutely. could just like saw off Florida, just let like the Atlantic Ocean do what they need to do. Um, cool. We just gotta make one phone call to the homies. Like, look, you got twenty four hours to get your shit and drive to Georgia, and we are cutting the fuck no off facts. Florida. We will take we'll, care of you from there. We'll, we will, we will turn take you to a there. new underground railroad. We will take these motherfuckers from Georgia to wherever they want to go. We just gotta get the fuck out of Florida. Exactly. Out Florida of fucking go. Florida. Be skating your way to freedom. Go. Florida gotta go. Florida has been, Florida been out of pocket. What? Okay, them niggas was on lockdown for two weeks. So I'm like, head out. We <laughs> finna head out. What would you? I'm what would you out. sacrifice? What would you give up? Um, I. You know what? I will give up. I will give up my exes, all of them, and not because like I hate them, because I don't. What I'm saying is that give up the access that I have to them. Like, and when I say exes, I'm talking about the niggas that like I've kept in the wings. I'm talking about just like anybody who I should have cut off a long time ago. I probably give them up. Like it's time. Like it's time. And especially if this meant that I can go outside and find new hoes, y'all can have them. Oh man, listen, it's it's just. This was not the 2020 vision that no one talked about. Like, everyone had the 2020 vision, New Year's Eve captions, and y'all ain't see this shit coming. Shut the fuck up. Y'all ain't see this shit. Y'all I didn't see this shit coming. Outside. Y'all nope. was so excited. Not at all. Y'all, <laughs> fuck out of here. 
everybody was talking about with that 2020 caption thought swear to god they was raving baxter mm-hmm. like Listen, get the fuck out of we here we didn't even like, have none of the drinking days fam it, it shut down sequel day my hell it shut down st patrick's day it's gonna shut down memorial day it's gonna shut down all the days that you thought you was gonna be out here in these streets being a hoe and guess what you gotta be stuck in the house with that nigga that you know you're not supposed to be fucking with in the first place and you stuck there now stupid do not get pregnant during quarantine, guys. Just don't fucking do it. And when I say guys, I am talking to myself. Alex, do not get fucking pregnant during quarantine. That is literally the last thing you need, sis. And, 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 and the last thing point, I need we, is a they baby. Wouldn't even be, they wouldn't even be Capricorn babies. You fuck around, have Aquariuses with their crazy asses. We don't need Aquariuses. You know, we don't need more Aquariuses. We, we really, really don't. We, got now. we really, really, really don't. Barely. Don't even really like them motherfuckers if we're being all the way fucking honest. But, you know, friend, do you want to end this um, on a positive on note? On a positive note, I will say this. Um, be Understand what you give your energy to. And understand what's worth your energy and what's not worth your energy. And if anything that releases anger, makes you feel upset, and makes you feel like... There's people who out here who, who, who profit off of your negative energy. Don't give it to them. Keep, keep your Preach. energy... To yourself and to the things that's going to make you better and make you happy. That's my that's my note. Um, drink your water, change your bath sheets, wash your curtains, let the good energy wash your in. hands and, and also for sure put it's, your goddamn mask over your nose. Otherwise, it doesn't fucking work. You fucking imbeciles. <laughs> your over nose. your otherwise, nose. Otherwise, you might as well just be out here raw dog. Do raw dogging the air is sending me every time you say it friend but you know what it's your girl Boy, Allie Nicole you we're out peace peace baby I'm a toy I'm going to stop my spot you caught a vibe shooting shots